SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The Proteas 1-0 up in their three-match series against India after a 72-run victory yesterday at PPC Newlands in Cape Town. And what a fantastic test match it was. Uh, a little bit of everything uh, over the four days, uh, including a whole day washed out. We join now by the man of the match who returned figures uh, in the first innings of 3-4-33 and 6-4-44 in the second. Uh, Vernon Philander joining us now. Vernon, welcome. Come on to SAFM Sports Trap. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, just talking off the golf course. Uh, yeah, pretty really enjoyable day after a hardcore test match. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, day off today. You, sh- you should have still been playing. Uh, so so nice to be able to, to get 18 holes in today. Yeah, um, but, you know, it's always on the cards. Our coach is a, a, you know, a, uh, yeah, obviously a keen golfer, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously finishing the, the test match today earlier just obviously allowed us to get onto the course a bit today. So yeah, I had some good fun. Vernon, let's talk about that test match. Fantastic win for the Pro Tiers. Uh, one of the best test matches that I've watched uh, in many a year. There was a little bit, as I said, a little bit of everything, uh, excitement, and it could have gone either way. Yeah, I think you know it was uh, you know yeah phenomenal test match. Um, you know, it was action packed all three days of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, either. Uh, you know, either occasion, you know, yeah, you know, any team could have won. Um, but I think, you know, it was just, you know, keeping everyone on, obviously, you know, on the, on the edge of their seats. And, uh, yeah, I think it's probably one of the better test matches that I've been involved in myself. So, yeah, I think, obviously, a, a good weekend that has been prepared. Uh, the rain obviously juiced it up. And, you know, on, on day four, you know, just, you know, we had a wicked spot. We've become, obviously, a bit more livelier again. And, um, yeah, I just kept everyone in the game all the time. And, you know, yeah, well, a test match and compliments to, obviously, the, the ground staff in Newlands. I think there's a lot got to be said for the South African bowling attack and, and very unlucky for Dale Steyn. I mean, he's got to be one of the most unlucky cricketers uh, spending a year on the sidelines, come back, first test match back, picks up uh, another another injury. But uh, for yourself, Moray Morkel and Kahisa Rabada to, to rally like you did, Keshav Maharaj uh, put, putting some uh, some overs in himself. But uh, the three of you quicks really pulling together and and bowling out India twice, uh, the number one test side in the world with, with only three frontline bowlers. You must be pretty chuffed with that effort. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we all feel a bit, obviously, sad to bail him. You know, yeah, he's had a, hot, a year of hard work and, you know, to go down again with another injury is obviously not, obviously, you know, obviously spelling out well for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, we're very sad for him. But I think, you know, the way the guys have been bowling this past probably 18 months, you know, it's phenomenal. You know, with KG, obviously, you know, just became, the, you know, you know, yeah, the world's number one test bowler. So, yeah, and obviously, you know, the way Mourne you know, you know, has been bowling as well. You know, he's obviously, you know, I think probably bowling, you know, the best uh, the best of his, you know, of, his, of his career so far. So, yeah, I think, you know, we just gel well as a, as a bowling unit. I think, you know, the cash-up has also come along, in you know, the last 18 months and, and really made a name for himself. So, I think as a bowling unit, I think, you know, yeah, we're pretty satisfied as to where we're at. And, and obviously, you know, yeah, over the last three days, you know, the guys obviously came out, you know, obviously, you know, all, yeah, all guns firing. It's not going to get easier. India will bounce back from this, uh, although the, the conditions aren't going to get much easier. Uh, head up north, uh, we know how bouncy the pitches can be at Supersport Park. As a, as a quick, you must be looking forward to that. Uh, what do we need to improve on, Vernon? Ob- obviously, we'd love to get more runs, but the, the pitch uh, obviously had a lot to do with that over the, the last week or so. Uh, what, what do we need to be better at uh, in, the, in the second test? Yeah, look, I think it's, it's like you said. You've, um, yeah, we've got to obviously, you know, work on our, our batting a little bit as well. Um, you know, 
Well, we can leave the system bowlers, obviously, but I, yeah, I personally feel that it's a few soft wickets that have gone down. So I think, you know, in our preparation, we can probably be a little bit tighter, you know, and, and, and probably, pre, you know, prepare on, on, on the wickets that are obviously a bit more spicier. Um, but, yeah, all in all, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're never going to get the, you know, the 10 out of 10 test match. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, the, you know yeah, the way the boys have obviously gone about the business, um, it's phenomenal. I think, you know, we've had three hard days of training before the test match. Obviously, you know, leading into the Zimbabwe game as well. So, I mean, it's, you know, as far as the guys' work ethic is concerned, you know, it's right up there with, you know, the best in the world. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we're going to, you know, go, obviously go about our business the same way uh, before the second test match. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. And hopefully we can get a quick pass bounty one out in Centurion. Yeah, absolutely. As far as physically, you are concerned. Uh, obviously, you've also struggled with injuries uh, over the, 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 the not-too-distant past. Uh, feeling good, strong, uh, and, and uh, rearing to go for, for the rest of the series? Yeah, the body's holding up nicely. Um, I've had you know, two and a half months of, of, of proper strength and conditioning work. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, good so far. Um, the body's holding up nicely, and, you know, the ball's coming out all right. So, yeah, hopefully I can, uh, you know, last the rest of the season. Um, I think it's another six days missed to come. So really looking forward to it. Uh, and like I said, you know, hopefully we can, you know, win a lot more test matches over the next, you know, uh, two or three months. And then just finally, Vern, as an international cricketer, you don't get to play too often at home. How, how nice was it to pick up uh, career best figures uh, in front of your home crowd? Yeah, I think I'm going to say this again. I think, you know, there's no better place to be playing cricket in South Africa than to be playing at Newlands. I think it was a great atmosphere. Um, people that came down, you know, the shock and block for three days of test match cricket. And uh, like I said, you know, it was also obviously in a very hard fought contest. Um, and, uh, and obviously, it's uh, exciting as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, you're not going to find a much better venue than, you know, than to be playing at Newlands. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, what, uh, yeah, what better place to be doing, you know, obviously your best career figures than, yeah, obviously at home. And, and just finally, to wrap things up, uh, who won the golf today? Did you beat Otis? Um, yeah, unfortunately, he, yeah, he had to play for the second time around. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll keep it that way for now. <laughs> I love it. Ben and Philander, thank you so much for your time this evening on SAFM Sports Wrap. Uh, enjoy a couple of days off, I'm sure. And then, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys in action for the second and third test against India. Cool. Thank you very much. Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and you would have heard uh, in my sports bulletins on PM Live this afternoon that former Sascock CEO Tubby Reddy is saying he's going to air some dirty laundry at uh, the uh, parliamentary committee hearings that, that start next Monday. That after he was dismissed, after he was found guilty on various charges, including sexual harassment. We join now by athletics journalist Manfred Seidler. Manfred, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Things getting very messy at Sascock. They they are indeed, Brad. And, and uh, yeah, it seems like this has been coming for a while. I mean, uh, uh, your listeners may well be aware of the fact that there's been this alleged ongoing rivalry between uh, the president of, of Sascock, Mr. Gideon Sam, and, of course, the CEO, Mr. Tabby Reddy. And that's been going on for, for years. Uh, and it seems that there's also been factions within the staff. So, yeah, it, it is messy. It's been very messy for a while now. Um, Sexual harassment was one of the allegations that uh, Tubby Reddy was uh, suspended for. And then there was another allegation that he had, in fact, hired a, used unfair labor practices to hire a, a, a company to um, uh, you know, have surveillance on some of the staff members. And from then on, it just got absolutely messy. And, and now the latest is that uh, almost three million rand has been spent on uh, uh, on, on the investigation into Tubby Reddy. So... Yeah, it, it's messy. 
Manfred, let's take a step back. And, and like you say, this has been coming on for a long time. It seems to be, and I think it's a good thing, coming to a head. Uh, obviously, there are issues and they need to be sorted out. What's what's driving this? Is it is it simply a power struggle or is there more to it? That's a big question. I mean, the it, it would seem that it's just a power struggle. As I, as I mentioned earlier on, there's, there's been incredible amount of allegations and rumors and, and talk about a, a massive... Uh, Power struggle between Tubby Reddy and Gideon Sam, and, and you know when they've had press conference, they've always put on a very brave and, and uh, united front, so to speak. But these allegations have been going on for years, so it, you know, it makes one wonder whether, you know, as they say, whether smoke is fire. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. As as to this point in time, nothing's ever been proven, so to speak. But uh, you just don't actually know what what to believe anymore. I mean, when. When uh, Sasquatch were talking 12 for 2012 and Gideon Sam stood up in front of the the media and said, if we don't get 12, then myself and this board will resign and I'll take my whole exco with me. And they're still there. So, you know, the question is, because of course we only got six only in inverted commas, six medals in in, uh, at London. So you simply don't know what to believe right now. Um, There was a press release uh, sent out by uh, the general manager, uh, Gene Kelly this morning, basically saying that, uh, you know, t- uh, on behalf of Tubby Reddy, interestingly enough, came out from her Gmail account, um, where she's obviously also been suspended as has Vanesh Maharaj, the CFO, and uh, basically saying that uh, Tubby Reddy is, uh, is not buying into this uh, whole disciplinary process because he wasn't able to attend due to ill health was apparently out of the country due to ill health. Um, so that kind of sort of raises a whole bunch of questions. And the disciplinary committee was not willing to postpone the postpone the hearing. So he's t- he's turning around saying, Well I don't I don't ac- accept this this uh, this ruling and, and I'm gonna fight it. So there's a lot of um, non information out there uh, at this point in time and then I think that's the biggest frustration right now. Manfred, around Saskok, you mentioned where there's smoke, often there is fire, but there's been a lot of smoke over the years. This, uh, it's not just these issues. There seems to have been lots and lots of them. Uh, talks about sort of backhand payments with dodgy tracksuits and, uh, and there's, with athletes complaining that they're not getting paid. There's been lots and lots of issues. Is it time for whoever's in charge, the Minister of Sport, I'm guessing, to, to put his foot down and say, enough's enough. It, it's time to, to get rid of the Deadwoods, let's start afresh and, and, and get people in there who have the best interest of the athletes and the sports uh, at heart, as opposed to, to just wanting to, to run organization, get to go to, to massive sporting events, travel first class and, uh, and get their friends and, and, and cronies uh, in, in, into, into cushy positions. Yeah, that's pretty much an accusation that's leveled at a lot of federations in, in South Africa, not just in South Africa. I think globally you have those uh, uh, accusations uh, thrown about quite quite frequently. I, I do believe that any federation, be it a, uh, a sport federation or an Olympic body like such as SASCOC uh, or be it the um, United Kingdom Olympic Committee, whatever, there should be ongoing change. And, and we've seen now for a long time that we've had the same people in the same positions um, for a very long time. And there's always been question marks around, as you say, there's been question marks about the misappropriation of funds. Nothing's ever been proven. Nothing's ever really been a, uh, uh, been put out there as, as, you know, we can sort of say, this is fact and we can now lay charges or we can suspend or we can fire. Um, 
the, 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 the suspension of three staff members from Sascock is by far the most uh, uh, outrageous, not outrageous, uh, strongest message that's been sent uh, by Sascock uh, or any sporting federation in this country um, for, for many, many years. So obviously there's a massive problem. Um, I would hazard a guess that there is a, a definitely a power struggle. Um, but I also reckon that, uh, um, you know, when, when there's allegations and accusations of, of people spying on each other, uh, sexual harassment going on, uh, misappropriation of funds, then you actually do need a, a proper audit and a proper investigation. And then the Minister of Sport uh, ultimately does have to step in, yeah. It's a difficult one for the Minister of Sport because obviously part of the Olympic Code is you're not allowed to have government interference. But someone has to has to stamp this out and, and get uh, get to the bottom of this. Will it be the Parliamentary Committee? Will everything be, be sort of uh, put out into, into the public domain uh, when when they, they do meet in, in Parliament next week? Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because as you say, Saskatchewan, um, you know, there should not be, according to the IOC, no government interference. A good few years ago, we had the IWF stepping into internal problems within Athletic South Africa. Um, but complaints were made to the IWF. So if we wanting IFC, the IFC to step in and try and sort something out, then a, a complaint is going to have to be laid, and I don't think that has happened. But given the fact that the IFC has its own massive problems right now and huge credibility question marks around their own president, uh, Thomas Bach, um, and the whole Russia debacle, one wonders if uh, an IOC investigation or, or interference or, or you know, getting involvement is, is, in fact, the right way to go. Um, it is a tricky one if, if the government steps in and says, we know, you, know, you know what, we're disbanding SASCOP and we're going to start a new Olympic body. The IOC turn around and ban South Africa from competing at, at Olympic events. Then, yeah, we go back to, to the days of the... Uh, of the of the of the area, area where we weren't allowed to compete internationally, and, and that's not going to help any of the of the, of the athletes. My uh, no means step backwards. Um, I can't see it happening. Um, I I must be honest. I, I mean, the, the sports ministry has been very very quiet since uh, uh, the new minister has come into in, has, has come into the position, and I, I just don't see that much has been done or is being done. And, and quite frankly, I think the sports ministry is a uh, ministerial position that doesn't really have much power because there's no international federation that books uh, government interference. So it's almost it's almost a, a situation of, well, let's have a ministry of sport. And this is an international thing. It's not just in South Africa. Um, but we don't have any power, so it's just a nice thing to have. Um, so it is a tricky one. And I think ultimately, if, if there is going to be change, there needs to be a massive... Uh, first of all, we, the allegations need to be proven, and then charges need to be laid, and then there needs to be a massive public outcry. And and, and that's that's basically the route that I think it'll have to go, because I can't see the IOC getting involved, and I, and I simply don't think that uh, Parliament or, or the Minister of Sport has has any power, or any say in the matter. To be honest. Yeah, it is sad indeed because uh, what it actually boils down to, Manfred, is while all this infighting's going on, uh, I'm guessing uh, the stuff that the athletes need to 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 make their life easier is not not being done. Well, the the one thing that I, I've always lauded and praised Sascock for is, is Operation Excellence (OPEX), where they they basically allocated funds for the preparation of uh, of athletes on different tier, uh, you know different tiers A, B, and C, if you would, and they get different. Uh, Amount of funding, um, which is one of the, the one of the better 
uh, initiatives that SASCOG has put out. Um, they have uh, struggled in the past, in the last few years, because of, of lack of funding. Um, that's through the lot. And it's not because they haven't had the funding, it's just that the funding wasn't paid over immediately. So that's where part of the stories come from, that athletes weren't getting their funding. Um, but it is, it is a tricky one. You know, ultimately, the, the, the project Operation Excellence is, is a really, really good initiative, and it does help the athletes tremendously. Um, and if this does have an effect that there will be no money forthcoming, then it's going to set back uh, the athletes in various sporting codes quite dramatically. Yeah, and let's not forget, it is a big year as well, particularly for uh, athletics, uh, the Commonwealth Games this year. So uh, we'll have to watch and follow this one very, very closely. As always, Manfred, great to, to catch up. Thanks for your time this evening on SAFM Sports Wrap. Great stuff. Thanks, Brad. Anytime. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some football now here on SAFM Sports Wrap. And it's been a fairly busy transfer window uh, from a domestic point of view. And in my mind, I don't know if I'm uh, delusional, but it seems like it's been a bit busier than in previous seasons. And uh, we join now by someone who's no stranger to the domestic football scene, Lovemore Moyo, who's a football writer for Kickoff Magazine. Lovemore, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, more, it's been a. I, I've found it pretty interesting. Uh, the, the, often in the past, there's been lots of speculation. In my mind, there's been a bit less speculation and more movement this window. Yeah, true that. It seems a lot of clubs have preferred to do their business early on. Obviously, this has been influenced by the fact that, you know, there's no uh, break in January right now because there's no uh, AFCON taking place. Uh, so the clubs have realized that if ever they need to do any business during this mid. Uh, season transfer window, they'll have to do it as early as possible so that those players come in and play right away as early as possible because already clubs, we're we, we, we on to the second week of uh, January already, but I see almost every club has already made some signing of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the Cape Town clubs, uh, Cape Town City, Ix Cape Town have been particularly busy, particularly Ca- uh, Cape Town City. Uh, lots of movement in the mother city. Yeah, true. You know, I think... Um, Cape Town City have been affected by the fact that, you know, they've also been um, losing players. You know, Majoro is gone, Obringoma is gone. Remember, they also, a lot of the influential players that uh, were with them uh, last season, you know, have left now. You know, you, mu- you must remember that they also lost Emanyama at the beginning of the season. So that is really affected, you know, the, their structure, you know, especially going forward, which has also called for them to also make you know, quite a number of uh, uh, signings uh, so that they keep their structures uh, uh, within within uh, shape, especially going forward. Uh, it is for that reason that they've also brought in um, someone like Surprise Ralani. You know, a lot of people might not know uh, uh, this player, but he's someone who's been playing um, a lot of his football in um, Scandinavia. He was in Sweden. He's also played in, in Denmark. You know, he's an offensive player. He, Who's going to come in and 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 and, and be a player of of great influence in, in 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 the Cape Town City attack? You know they've also had to also restructure a bit. You know a plan ahead uh, at the back. They're going to be losing. Uh, Robin Joannis has already signed a pre-contract with uh, Pete Vesvet, and then uh, chances he might possibly uh, go as early as this January transfer window, which has uh, forced them uh, Cape Town City to 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 sign a. a, a uh, Rwanda, uh, Ngonyama is his replacement, you know, so that they keep um, that balance going on. You know, if you're going to lose a key central defender, you need to replace him right away. 
Absolutely. You mentioned uh, one of the reasons they have been so active is uh, the departure of Aubrey and Gorma. Uh, he's going to Mamelodi Sundowns. Uh, in your minds, good move. I mean, obviously, he has played at a big club before, and no disrespect to Cape Town City, they, they are a big club themselves, but he, he he didn't quite fit the mould at Orlando Pirates. He then went to Pumalanga Black Aces, and that's where he sort of found his feet. He's done well with City. Is he going to slot in at Sundowns? I think he's matured enough now to be able to, you know, cope up with the demands of being at a big club. And he's going to be also uh, closer to home now. And, you know, this is, is, is at an age where he needs to get uh, his best contract, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't blame him for, 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 for making uh, this move. For all the competition that he's going to face at Sundowns, the reality is that this is going to be his biggest contract of his career. So he has to take it uh, as a man, you know. He has to he, he has to take the challenge of being at Sundowns, you know. He's going to compete. He's going to face, you know, tight competition. But he has to stand up on his feet. He has to try and push a lot uh, harder than he's, he's done previously. And I think one thing that I, I like about Aubrey is that he's someone who always tries on making a difference whenever he's given a chance to play. And I think at his age, he's reached a point where if he didn't take this opportunity right now, this opportunity might not come again. He's going to be turning 29 this year. If he's not going to take this challenge right now, when is he going to take it? Yeah, good question, that as well. One of the clubs that's been under lots of pressure over the last couple of seasons is obviously Kaiser Chiefs for not spending money uh, in, in the transfer window. They've picked up uh, a few signings this uh, this window as well. Leonardo Castro joining them, Sipaslelin Tangashi and Cabello uh, Mashasela. Y- your thoughts on, on Amakosi's uh, new arrivals? Okay, look, with Castro, he's someone who hasn't really played uh, much football through the last year. You know, for all because of all the personal reasons that he he said. You know, I I think he he only played football in his first season at Sundowns. You know, during the time of uh, the CBD. You know, since then he hasn't really played a lot of football. So I think it's going to take him a bit of time to get into the groove yet again. There's not there's no doubting his abilities, but I think it's going to take time. But you know. Chiefs don't need someone who's going to need time to adjust. They need someone who's going to get into the team and get going right away. Because, you know, they are glad facing the pressure of that. They need to win a trophy this season, you know. And there's only half a season remaining now, which means now the pressure levels are going to skyrocket, you know. And whoever is going to come in as a new player at Chiefs must be someone who has to deliver the goods right away. So Castro is probably going to take him a bit of time. And I don't know if Chiefs are going to be Chiefs fans, especially are going to be patient enough to see that. You know, with Njanga, I say also, you know, I've got my own reservations. In as much as he is quality, I don't know how they're going to use him at Chiefs. And I don't think they've signed him for as an immediate uh, 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 plan. I think he's someone who's also going to need time to get into the groove. You know, he's also going to be someone who's going to take time to get into the way Chiefs play. You know, Chiefs right now, they need someone to finish off all the chances that they create. And Castro is going to take, if if they're going to look up to Castro to do that, unfortunately with Castro, it's going to take him a bit of time to get his groove back again. 
Mm. Let's touch on defending PSL champions, Bidvest Vitz, who are in dire straits uh, in the league at the moment. They've uh, made a couple of signings as well. Do you think do you think they're panicking where where they are at the league right now, or is it business as usual for the students? I think vets are going through a phase where they are actually confused themselves about what could possibly be the reason for the troubles that they're going through right now. You know, they've got the quality, absolutely no doubt about that. They always make the right signings, but unfortunately, I think. There's an element of, uh, I, I think they're taking it too easy, you know. I, I think they're taking it too easy. The fact that they won the league last season, I think they thought things are going to be easy again for them this season, you know. They, 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 they're not really pressing so hard. And I think Gavin also is the coach. I think he needs to try and freshen up some of his, you know, coaching ideas because I think a lot of teams have realized what kind of team that is, you know, Vets get the ball wide, crosses into the box. That's how they play. That's how Kevin has always won all these league titles that he's always won through all these years. And if you're going to be playing against Vets, once you, you know, you try, once you, you, you succeed, you know, in, in blocking the, the crosses from the wings, then the job is done, you know. And a lot of teams have been able to, to, to plan for Vets because they are very predictable in the way they play. You know, Dane cross into the box, Columbia from the right cross into the box. You know, once you block that, then the job is done. So I think it's, it's, it's for Kevin Hunt to try and come up with other, you know, ideas, you know, uh, that are going to at least be able to confuse the opposition, you know, and bring him the results that they so desperately need right now. And with the signings that they've made, they've done fairly well. I think Edwin Jima is a fighter. He's going to come and fight for the team. Majoro is always very useful up front. And um I, I don't think they're going to get relegated. This, this, they've got way too much quality to 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 to, to be getting uh, relegated. But I think they need to start winning games as soon as possible. Absolutely. Well, love Moyo. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Uh, great chatting. Uh, there's still lots to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll shelve that conversation for later on this week. Talk about some of the speculation and some of the big moves that are are in the pipeline that clubs are talking about. But uh, we really appreciate your time here on the on uh, SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank you very much. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, staying with some football news, uh, today Kaiser Chiefs confirming that they've appointed Dutch coach Rob Hutting as a technical advisor to the first team and youth teams for the last six months of coach Steve Compella's contract. What is unclear, though, at this stage is if Chiefs will keep him on after Compella's, uh, after his contract expires, and if they don't, who will replace him? So there's a story for you to watch as well. A quick cricket update for you in the Momentum One Day Cup taking place in Kimberley this evening. The Knights chasing 336 for victory. They are currently 82 for the loss of two after 18.2 overs. They need another 254 runs with eight wickets in hand or 31.4 overs. Uh, that is a big run chase in Kimberley. Should be an interesting one to watch. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. Make sure you tune in then. And SAFM Sports Wrap returns tomorrow evening at 6.30. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news tonight, it is the talk shop from my entire team in Johannesburg. Phineas and Loyola, thank you very much for your help this evening, gentlemen. My name is Brad Brown, and I'll be back again tomorrow. It is 7 o'clock and time for your news.